Hello everyone, welcome to Citizens First Podcast. My name is Jojo. I have a cool friend of mine as a guest named Hubert Tran. He's an actor based in Asia from Toronto and he talks about his journey to China to pursue an acting career and I want to say personally it was really cool to listen to him and I definitely really honed into his experiences and his self-discipline and his confidence on pursuing what he loves doing and it was a it was like honor to hear him and it was a joy to to have him speak about his personal experiences especially about race and culture and things i said in the past that was uh kind of awkward uh you will hear it in the podcast you'll know what i'm talking about but uh you live and learn you live and learn um so yeah i hope um you enjoy this episode and thank you so much Okay, so there's been multiple te- technical difficulties with this. Uh, so I apologize, Hubert, uh, for <laughs> doing this again. Um, could you just please go back to explain um, quickly who you are, where you are, and just uh, talk about, yeah, at the beginning part of what you were saying, just so I can recap. I apologize. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, no worries. Uh, you know, I get it. <laughs> Connections can be annoying, but uh, yeah, my name's Hubert Tran. I'm an actor. I'm currently located in Hong Kong during uh, Corona, COVID-19, whatever you guys want to call it. And uh, Jojo and I met uh, through an acting program at Humber College in Toronto. Is there anything else you want me to elaborate on? <laughs> no, that was a while back too. So that was like my yeah. first, or, well, I was quite young you you too i guess um yeah that was yeah that's true um so you are an actor that is your vocation as your profession uh what has how has it been uh going through that journey as an actor coming from uh school and then going to asia how has that been for you it's been highs and lows definitely like i've you know i've had some highs while while I was in Toronto auditioning, I got some good roles, and then I hit uh, like a slow period. And I remember like I, I I always try to go with the philosophy that I just go to where the work is. So, you know, when it slowed down in Toronto, I tried Vancouver. When Vancouver didn't work out, I went back to Hong Kong. When Hong Kong didn't work out, I went to China, and and then yeah, I'm currently in Hong Kong right now. Okay. And so Hong Kong, so Hong Kong now works for you. And you were telling me about um, like how you went to a school or something. Cause I remember in, on social media, you were doing something really cool. Like it was like something that you were discovering yourself and everything. And I really want to talk about that too. Like how you went to a school somewhere in, was it Hong Kong or China? Oh yeah, you're you're referring to the kung fu school, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I uh, made the big decision to finally leave Toronto for a third time because it's I've tried this I tried leaving Toronto a couple times already. Like I, back in 2006, I left for Hong Kong. I lived there for I lived in Hong Kong for a couple of years, and then I came back to Toronto, and that's when I met you guys at Humber College. I went to college with you guys. 
And then I, after finishing college, I dabbled in the market in Toronto for a while and then the acting industry. I mean, and then um, I tried giving Hong Kong a second chance. And then uh, I actually came back for a girlfriend that, at that time, an ex-girlfriend. To Hong so Kong? Obviously that didn't work. Out. Uh, yeah. So when I went back to Hong Kong the second time, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I was doing okay. And then, you know, I got involved in a relationship and which I thought was going to uh, become something serious. So I came back to Toronto and yeah, it didn't work out, but that's just how life works, I guess. Right. <laughs> and then, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I think a couple of years afterwards, I, I like, I just felt like Toronto it's it's good but like for me i just felt like i would always get a different reception back in asia be it in hong kong or even china like at that time i didn't even try china so i had no idea what to expect but i just needed to change like i I just kept doing the same thing and you know that that cliche saying you know you keep trying the same thing by expecting different results that's the definition of insanity right Mm -hmm. So I was just like, fuck it. Let's just try something different, like completely off the wall. And I remember watching this documentary on Vice with um, Eddie Wong, the guy that created a Fresh Off the Boat. Oh, wow. And remember that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, so I was re- really intrigued by that because he talked about this Kung Fu camp in the middle of the mountains in China where people would live there and train all day. And I was like, yo, that sounds so fun. <laughs> <laughs> completely random but I'm like hey man just you know I, I might as well try this try this while I can physically still do it so I I, I just bought a one-way ticket to China and yeah that was the the springboard to everything that's happened afterwards like I uh, I did the comfy camp for a month you know and like I would have to wake up every day at like six in the morning you know train for eight hours a day uh, sleep, train, and eat. And like, it was pretty intense because like if you were ever late for a class, like even a minute, the the master would have this cane, this big giant wooden cane uh, or staff. Yeah, it was a staff. And, and he would just like whip you while you're doing like um like the plank position. And he'll whip you. Oh, no, no, it was doing the, it was, it's while you're doing the horse stance. It's like the squat position and he'll just like whack your legs. Damn. Like 10 times or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I never received the, I was never on the receiving end of that because I was always on time, but there were like a couple students that were constantly getting hit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, that sounds like um, the old school, uh, Asia, like the Asian way of training back in the day with like the, the Jackie Chan and his, and his brothers there in the oh, yes, Peking, yes. Peking Opera. Yeah. yeah that yeah. so they're still doing that they still do that kind of thing they kind of do oh, that discipline thing it, well yeah well, they, they didn't really train you with uh the the opera stuff like they, we did a bit of acrobatics like flips and stuff but the, that camp mainly uh consisted of like training people like you get to choose like uh which skill like which which style you wanted like there was tai chi the option of tai chi uh wing, wing chun uh, mm-hmm. uh what else chinese sanda which is chinese kickboxing sanda and uh i think there was something else oh yeah shaolin kung fu because they actually had a legit shaolin uh monk there teaching and he was like a young he was a young guy though but he spent his 
his first like 18 years at the Shaolin Temple. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now this is that. That's that's yeah. crazy. They would have that's, classes where you do like hour stretching. Did you um? So what, what 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 was going through your mind when you were going through that? Uh, I hated it at first, man. I was like, yo, I can't believe I did this. And I'm in the middle of nowhere. And <laughs> I was sore every day. Like I had bruises all over my body because we had to spar every week. And it was like full contact, like full force. It wasn't even just touching or like just, you know, like gently touching them with our or our, uh, boxing gloves. No, like you would actually throw punches 100%. And I was terrified because one, I'm an actor, you know, like the way I look, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, so I was constantly just dodging with my head. Like I did, it's like, okay, you can hit me anywhere except my face, you know, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, uh, but it just, once you get into it, you just stop caring and yeah, you like they provide headgear and everything too. So it's all good. But uh, yeah, like it was scary, man. Like just getting hit for the first time was terrifying because you just freeze up and blink and you just like, I don't know, you just kind of go into panic mode, right? But it's like with everything in life, you, you just, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get, right? Yeah, the way, the way you're describing your journey from like, like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm just going to go to China and... Yeah go to a school kung fu camp i uh, i'm yeah. thinking like you're like when people do that it's like yo my life screw this let me start fresh you're you become humble about it right like did you come humble up through that journey going like you know i'm gonna leave all this stuff behind and i'm gonna start something fresh like did that humble you a little bit as, as a as a human being oh it definitely changed me man like i don't, I don't want to be like one of those people like oh i went to a different country for like three uh, for three days and like oh i've had this <laughs> I have this spiritual awakening no no like like uh, I think before Toronto like besides the daily grind of like going to the gym and just like trying to work on the craft the rest of the time I'm just sitting on my ass and like I guess like if I'm being honest with myself I wasted a lot of time like I was playing video games but when I went to the Kung Fu camp I had no other choice but to train every day wake up at the same time eat at the same time it was so different like like I haven't done this since I was like I haven't since since I was like a kid you know mm-hmm. and to 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 go back into the, uh, that type of routine I felt like okay this I haven't done this in so because when when you know as you grow older you you you're not as disciplined with yourself you know like you you have no parent you know, telling you what to do, when to wake up. You, you don't have that. So going back to that was kind of refreshing. And yeah, like I always had trouble sleeping, but like once I had a, a set routine, like things started to feel, like my body started to feel better. Like I started to feel more present when I was speaking to people because I wasn't even on my phone anymore. Like I, 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 like I had no choice because there was no reception there. And like, um, yeah. I only had a certain amount of data. So I would only use the phone after training. So maybe after like an eight, eight hours of training after dinner, then I finally use it for like half an hour instead of eight hours a day. So yeah, it was definitely refreshing, man. Like just to step away from all that social media, all the technology and just bring it back to the basics, you know? Mm -hmm. I always thought you were somebody who was like, 
kind of knew who they were when I like when I went to school with you like we had a few classes together um like you were just kind of like I guess you didn't I, you seem like some guy who didn't have time for bullshit um and you just you did your thing and you 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 went through it uh and now that you've gone to another thing in life going to this journey going to this travel going through all this rigorous training I'm sure now you're probably, you seem more grounded. You seem more grounded, like your feet is rooted in the, in the earth from what I can just hear from you. It's, it's nice to hear that. Uh, and I want that. I want to like also have that uh, experience too, right? Because we're always trying to better ourselves in so many ways. Um, did you, uh, so did that benefit you from going from, from that camp? and going through Kung Fu school, would you say that's something that can, imp- uh, how would you say, would that amplify your other skills in life? Did that amplify, uh, apply to your skills that you already had? Oh, no, it definitely did. Like uh, the experiences I, I, re- I got from the Kung Fu camp, like it bled into every aspect of my life, right? Because like it was such a grueling program to the point where like, I just didn't want to wake up every day. Like I, like, I couldn't even walk, but it, it's like, even though I couldn't really walk, I'll just do it. And it, it was just kind of like, you know, you, you place, I learned that you place limitations on yourself, physically, mentally, what, what it may be, whatever it may be. But it's like, how do, how do you say this? Um, like, let's say on a bar of one to a hundred, I feel like a lot of people just cap themselves at maybe 30%, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and when I was going to the camp, like, I felt like maybe I hit 50, not even 100. Because I feel like even after how tired I was, I, I felt like I could still do even more, you know? And, and then that just bled into like other aspects when, you know, when I arrived in Beijing, not speaking uh, a lick of Mandarin and then, I think within two weeks, I, I managed to get a leading role in a movie. But that, that meant I was going to be in every single damn scene speaking Mandarin. I didn't speak Mandarin. So at that time, I remember like having a panic attack. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? And I just always referred back to the time at the camp. I'm like, if you could have done that, you can do other things too. Like you can push yourself. You're uncomfortable. It's scary. But you can overcome it if you just put yourself out there and you just try, you know, and just, just take it one day at a time instead of like thinking, Oh, I'm going to fail. Like I just try to take it one day at a time, look at one page at a time in Chinese. Like usually like when I had auditions in Toronto for like a Chinese script, like if it, if, let's say it was like two pages, it would take me almost a week to prepare, not to mention like 130 pages for this, for this, uh, for this film. So I'm just like, fuck it, just one day at a time. Just, and I just drilled it every day, like eight hours, eight hours. And, and it stuck eventually. And, and, you know, I proved to myself that I could do it, you know. But at the time, I remember wanting to die and wanting to even quit the film. I, I was so ready to just hand it in, hand in a towel and be like, yo, I can't do this. I'm not capable. But there was just so many people riding on that, like my... My manager in China was just like, 
yo, like you have to, you can't quit. Like what are you talking about? A lot of people want this opportunity and, and you're thinking about quitting. Like, so like, yeah, people were relying on me to do a good, to do my job. So that's why I did. I showed up and did my job. How did they not know that you were, you couldn't, you couldn't speak Mandarin? Like, did you, how did you get that going? Like through auditions? Well, the thing is like, yeah, uh, just so happens that the, the role required the actor, the leading actor to speak fluent Cantonese okay. uh, and a bit of English. And he was supposed to be bad at Mandarin. Oh, okay. It, the, the story, <laughs> yeah, so the story involved a guy coming from Hong Kong, which is predominantly Cantonese speaking. And um, he travels to Beijing to try to start a new life. And um, yeah, and he struggles with the language there and everyone makes fun of him and then, Eventually, you know, he, he, he makes a life for himself in, in Beijing successfully. Wow. Wow. That, that, that's a perfect role for you. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's awesome, man. So, I was really lucky to land that, yeah. So you, okay, you speak, so your, uh, your mother tongue would be like uh, Cantonese? Uh, well, like first it's English, right? But okay, yeah, English, Cantonese yeah. I kind of put up later on in life. Okay. It was mainly because my mother always watched like Cantonese dramas, like TVB. <laughs> so like, like, uh, like all the greats, like Andy Lau, Chow Yun Fat, they all started at TVB. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, eventually, they moved on to films. Like, so you would see Chow Yun Fat in Hard Boiled, for example, and, and Andy Lau in Infernal Affairs and all that. Infernal stuff. Affairs, but yeah. Also- oh, okay. Is it a a good thing to assume that? Your mother was a is an influence with with all that with the film and stuff well, for well, you. Well, she she was just always watching it in okay. the living room, and I would just watch it with her. But to be honest, the biggest influence was my father because he owned a video store, oh. and I was constantly around films my entire life. And he had a little section for Hong Kong films. And back in the '90s, like early '80s, I mean, like the '80s and the '90s, Hong Kong cinema was at the top. It was like every, oh my God, like I remember just, I could sit all day just watching Hong Kong films because just everything was a hit for me, man. Like there was like the gangster films, like Young and Dangerous, the gambling films, like God of Gamblers, all those things, like those played a, a heavy, it, it heavily influenced my decision into becoming an actor for sure, for sure. Okay, because you come from that, that, okay. So like growing up, were you in, Hong Kong so it's so like the, the whole you said your dad with the store was that that's all that was based in Hong Kong and all that right no no, no, no. like I grew up I was born and raised in Toronto man oh so my okay. dad had a yeah it was actually a, a store I don't know even if you know downtown downtown Toronto but it was by a, the corner of Broadview and Queen Street East and it was a, right across from a strip bar car called Chili's yeah oh <laughs> and my, I think yeah it was screen like yeah Okay, that's so cool, man. That is so cool. Yeah. Wow. Um, your parents must be proud of you, though, right? Like, I, I hope. <laughs> I, I feel like you've gone through oh, a lot worried, in life. Like, if, I was, if I'm not a doctor, a lawyer, and all that stuff, they're worried. They're like, they just want to see <laughs> yeah. like, me settle down, have kids. Like, that's their only goal in life for me. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah, course. Are you, the, are, you the only, are you the only uh, child? No, no, my sister. I have a sister, and she has okay. three kids. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, yeah. That's how it is usually with you know with my parents too. They're the, kind of the same way. Um, <laughs> when you told your parents oh, that you wanted you, to be a, huh? 
What did they want you to do? They wanted me to be stable. <laughs> they wanted me to be really stable. They're like, how come you're not doing, like, as a joke, they would be like, we came here when we were, like, late teens. Come on. You should do better. <laughs> and I said, I'm, I'm doing it. But, like, you know, Hubert, man, like, for my parents who are, like, from West Africa and being an immigrant. Yeah. From them, for them to hear their son, their firstborn son, to say, oh, I want to be an actor or I want to go to school for this. I, I had to do my own audition just for them to kind of be okay with it. Like, I had to au- oh. audition. <laughs> How was it for you? Audition. Yeah. <laughs> How was it for <laughs> you? Did, you? did you have to convince your parents? Yeah, it's funny because when I, went, when I made the move to back to Hong Kong, they were like, yo, we worked so hard to give you a better life in Canada. And now you're going back to Asia. <laughs> Cause my parents came, uh, they like, I'm actually a, a product of the Vietnamese war. Like my parents fled Vietnam during the, the Vietnamese war. And okay. uh, they met in Toronto because they came, both came as refugees. So if it wasn't for the war, I wouldn't be here to be honest. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, man, they, they, and they, they struggled. They, like they came with just a few books and made a life for themselves in Toronto. Man, wow. That's, yeah. uh, that's I'm sure you, I'm sure story. you can relate, man. Sorry? I'm sure your parents can relate. Yeah, like, yeah, there was some political uh, stuff going on in, in the 80s, West Africa. It was a lot of change, a lot of um, different shifts of government. So it's a lot of things were happening. And they moved here, but they were very, very, very young when they came to Canada, when they had me. So um, it's crazy stories. I'm sure if we had like move a time and, and money and we could make those movies based on our parents' uh, journeys and experiences, it would be quite interesting, quite interesting to, to see it on film. I'm, I yeah, think that's... Like, like, I think, I'm sure like all, both our parents, like I don't think the stuff they went through could be a film man yeah definitely yeah Yeah. and because like my dad ran to pirates when he was like um yeah like like he so when he fled vietnam he had to flee to thailand on a boat so it was a crammed boat and and then a bunch of pirates actually stole all their stuff and he told me that they they're trying to rape this one girl and he tried to uh defend her but then they ended up knocking him out with like the butt end of a gun or something like that. And he almost lost vision in, his, in his, one of his eyes because it was really swollen or something like that. I don't know, something crazy. I don't know what happened to the girl afterwards. Like, oh, God bless her, her soul. Like, I hope she's fine. I hope she was fine back then. I hope she's fine now. But like, yeah, like he never, he never knew what happened to her afterwards. Damn. Uh, yeah. Sorry, that was a downer. No, no, no. I mean, it's fu- no, it's it's okay. I that's it's a dark that, time. Yeah, of course. We as we know it through like history and Vietnam and the war and the states and uh, everything. But like to hear it from you know a personal account from somebody who who was from there and going through that, it's like a different perspective, right? And that's something that we may want to know more about. Um, it all gives me the pressure. I don't know if it gives you the pressure, but like, cause like they worked so hard to get us here. Yeah. And, 
and it's like shit like i gotta make it work <laughs> like i gotta be successful now so that like their efforts were in vain you know and, uh i i live with that still yeah i i can i can only um i i understand i totally understand what you're saying because like as a firstborn son i was also yeah. kind of like just seeing my parents like going what they what they went through and seeing other immigrant parents going through what they went through it's like it's like i feel kind of like we we had a good like i'm not gonna compl- I, I had a good childhood we had a good you know like like obviously not a lot of money but still like they they struggled more i feel like they i feel like they struggled for sure for more more than than I'm sure than you even have like the freedom to say whatever you guys want to say you know that that's mm-hmm. that's a luxury you know without fearing any repercussions you know like to just have like i didn't realize even after my sister gave birth right like I, that's that like at, i meant after my sister gave birth like then did i realize to even have a healthy child you know that can walk that can speak like 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 without just a healthy child, that is a blessing in itself. And, and it's just like, yeah, like being in, growing up in Toronto, like I felt like, yeah, like I, I was actually very, uh, very lucky, very fortunate. And like, I, you know, like, you know, when your parents always tell you when you're younger, it's like, you know how lucky you are. And like, it never really listened. It never really clicked. But yeah, like definitely when you get older, it, it makes a lot, a lot more sense, you know? It does. It does. You, when you get older, you realize it, but when you're young, you don't know because you're just in the moment. But when you get older, as time goes on, you start to look back and think back on the times on how you were probably like, Oh my God, I could have done better with my family, with my parents. But like, that's part of the journey. It's too bad that you don't get to, to, to see that as a such a young age. I mean, it's kind of hard, but like, I don't know. I'm like, when I think about it, it is a big thing to be a parent and to um, have your kids kind of assimilate into the culture of like, like, especially Canadian culture. And then also like try to stay true to your roots. Cause it's kind of, it can be awkward, right? When you're like going into a group of people who are not like you and you try to want, you want to be like, not like, like them, but you want to be included. And then you go home yeah. and you, yeah, and you go home and you're like, oh, you know, they're going to probably think this whole thing is weird or what I'm eating is weird. So like, I'm just thinking like, how did, obviously, like, I'm sure maybe you've been through that. Like, did you, especially well, where did you grow up? Kingston. So Kingston, uh, Ontario, which is majority of like majority of white people. So that was really hard because <laughs> early nineties, not many. Not many people, not many people of color at the time, I, I, I think, but uh, yeah. Like, because I'm asking, because I grew up in the inner city, right? Yeah. And, um, and I, I grew up near Chinatown mm-hmm. and also close to Regent Park. So the schools I went to when I was younger were predominantly Blacks and Asian, like Vietnamese, Chinese. And actually, like, whites were kind of like the minority. Even in high school, as well, I went to a high school called Riverdale. I would say it was like 85% Chinese and 10% uh, Greeks because <laughs> we were close to Greek town and maybe 5% Blacks at, uh, at uh, Riverdale, right? Mm. It wasn't until I went to Humber that I felt different. That was, it was so I was kind of a late bloomer to the, the whole like, I, I feel like I'm different, you know, like, 
because I always was kind of part of the majority growing up, you know. I guess I kind of grew up in a, a little bubble in Toronto, which is like a weird bubble. Like, you know, like I'm a minority, but at the same time, I felt like the majority. You know, I was always aware, yeah, I'm Asian, like, but it didn't hit me until I, um, even the first day I went to Humber, I remember like, actually you were, the thing you asked me was like, yo, do you know Kung Fu? I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I said that? I was like, yo, this is weird. Like, a high would be nice. But like, the first thing you said was like, yo, do you know Kung Fu? I'm like, why did uh, I ask that? I don't, I feel like, I feel like that's. Well, I always remember that. It's kind of funny. It's funny thinking back though. But I remember I was like taken aback at, uh, at was the time. I, I was was like, I talking to you though? Was I saying something yeah, else? Because I feel like. You approached me like, well, you, do you know Kung Fu? <laughs> like, do you know Kung Fu? And I remember this other, this other girl. Oh my God. I don't want to name her name. Like she was a half Chinese girl, but she, she grew up in only white suburbia like i swear to god but like i think she was so excited do you remember who i'm talking about i don't want to name names half uh, asian half asian i'm sure i'm gonna i'll probably know who it is later she's a short girl she was short. oh yeah i think but, i know who you're talking about yeah yeah and even though she was half asian i felt like she was white because like the things who she would say would offend the shit out of me like she would be like first thing say oh you're asian right that's the first thing she said to me when she met me and she's like me asian too me asian she starts putting on that stupid fucking accent and i'm just uh... like <laughs> like you think you're connecting with me through this stupid accent but uh yeah she, and then the whole time she would always pull that accent with me like once in a while oh, thinking that she would did me. yeah see ah man i didn't even i okay first of all i can i guess i guess i can say that i was so obsessed with like chinese kung fu growing up and but like i i can't believe i said that to you like the first thing i said oh do you know Kung? i i wanna i hope and believe that i was actually having a conversation with you and then kind of like no, gearing towards a, huh get me wrong. like i knew like, i could feel that there was no ill will like you know like it was just the fascination with the Asian oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah no like i, I didn't that's I, funny I didn't, yeah. But I just remember, like, I was the, like the first day. I was just so overwhelmed with all the Asianness that was getting thrown at uh, me. Like that, I'm Asian. I'm Asian. You know, like Asian, yeah. it okay. was kind of overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. If it was, if see, that's the thing. If everybody was like majority of them, if majority of people being Asian, it wouldn't even matter. But like, it was like kind of like mixed. It was like a few black people. Uh, you know, as you as you can recall, and then there was yeah more white people there, and there was an Asian girl there too. Um, yeah, she left. She's yeah, yeah. what's her? her? I think I can't get her name. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I don't. I don't think she made it past the first year. I think yeah. she left afterwards. Yeah, she did. I think I I know who who it was. It was somebody. Yeah, yeah. She was. She was. Yeah, she was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that was it and it was you and it was like but you were hanging out with um, with the like like you know black people <laughs> in the in the I'm not trying to say this to get credibility but like this is how <laughs> I always felt more comfortable with, with with black people because I grew up with Asians and black people right mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. like when I hung around Jane I'm assuming you're referring to Jane yeah Jane like, we just yeah we just connected man like the stuff we talk about 
all the racism, I guess. Yeah. We just, you know, we connected that way. Yeah. yeah I was still finding my way. I was still finding who I was because I was like, I was going through identity crisis, as you probably, I've said this to you before, but I was like, oh my God. Well, in I the program, everyone was pretty young. Like, I was one of the older ones. Because when I got into the program, I was already like 23, 24, when everyone was just fresh out of high school, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, how old was I? I was probably like 19. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. that's normal, man. Like, you're, you're still a baby. Like, even at 24, I felt like I was still a baby. That must have been really weird, though, for you, because I know how that feels. I went to university at 25, so yeah. I totally kind of maybe understand well, that. Yeah, you know, you know, because, like, for me, I felt like all these high school kids were just too busy trying to fit into cliques or trying to make friends. Like, I was there for a reason. Maybe that's the impression you got of me. Like, I was there for a reason. I wanted to go in, get, in my, get, get my certificate, and get out get my diploma and get out because yeah. i knew at the time i just needed a, um a, a, an acting diploma and then i wanted i was like my plan was to go back to asia with my acting diploma and you know start again i felt definitely you know the thing about that school like going to that journey and how i met you and everything like i was really happy that there was a lot of people that kind of had that same kind of enthusiasm for acting it was really cool i was like like wow people are very geeky and nerdy with acting and you know movies and film and all that and like the likes of directors so i felt really really cool about that i felt really nice but then there's i felt also kind of there was a lot of uh yeah it's hard because there's so many people and uh, people are really projecting themselves towards what's happening some of them have really big personalities some not so big some maybe timid and and others really high and it was hard to kind of navigate through that. And I, it, was, it was a lot of, uh, I just didn't concentrate as much. I was too focused on like, oh, am I going to do good? Am I going to do well in this? Everybody looks so good. Everyone's doing so, such a good job. And, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah. I remember I, that. Like, I remember like you trying to figure it out. Like, but that's... It, it, but everyone else was trying to figure figure it out at the time as well, right? Like, it's just some people just put on a better front, I guess. But yeah. they were still like on the surface, they they had it. It seemed like they had it under under control. But like you can see, like even the years after we graduated, who's left? Who's still working? Mm-hmm. Right? Who's still in the industry? Right? Yeah. The people that. Other students probably thought were talented. Are they still working? I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it just depends on whatever, how life hits you, right? Like whatever goes your way. And it, again, it's not, it's not a race, right? Like mm-hmm. I always consider it more of a marathon. Like freaking, I'm still, I'm still trucking. I'm still chipping away at it. Like it's been like how many years, right? Like, yeah. So you, you never know, right? Like yeah. and, I found my location. Uh, you know, well, some people have found their own niche in, in, in Toronto. I don't know. Toronto is very competitive. Like, it's small and it's like, and it's big, but also it's like, I don't know. I feel like Canada is hard to break in or something, or I don't know. There's something about it where I feel like there's not many, like, definitely a smaller circle. 
Yeah. yeah. Like, I find that, like, there's not a lot of... Are you still acting back I, I am, but, like, I haven't been really super serious with it because I've been busy with school for five years and it has been intense and trying to, like, figure out how to put food on the table to it at the same time. So that was, mm-hmm. like, really hard. So I was doing things as much as I can. I was trying to just get, uh, how would you say, like, just connections, just doing things to appease my mm-hmm. appetite for the arts, you know, like, just putting my feet in. And it's Ottawa. So it's a very small, very small circle. Um, well, you're in Ottawa now. Yeah, I'm in Ottawa right now. Yeah, I've been in Ottawa oh. for school for sociology. Like, and I finished recently. So, um, Do you have plans of going to Toronto? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's where, it should, that's where I should be going. That's where I should have stayed if I wanted to be super serious on on it i don't think it's too late like especially for uh minorities like you and i right because mm-hmm. i'm being honest i feel like like uh for example i am still getting seen for uh roles that are way younger than what i actually am you know mm-hmm. but that's if that's how i that's because you that's are you, you look young that's why <laughs> yeah that's how i look and that's how i look but um, also i feel like the same way with black actors too you know mm-hmm. you guys look young too mm-hmm. so like what's that um chad Ch- uh chaswick Bozeman, Bozeman. right yeah 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 black panther well what, how old was he when he got black panther he was like 40 i always feel like there's like a 10-year buffer that's how i feel at least so if like for example if you're 30 you probably register as 20 still you know Mm-hmm. Unless you have, but like with you, you have a more like thicker frame, so you look more mature. Yeah, unless I unless you, I lose my my chin, <laughs> my chin fit my 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 cheeks. If I lose some weight on my cheeks, then now <laughs> look younger. Yeah, I see. That's the thing. Hmm? Have you been working out? Uh I have. I I was working out, and then I I stopped. Yeah, I've been trying to like get it back into shape back into shape running biking i think we're all out of shape from uh, the lockdowns so. <laughs> i think so too because you know you know my 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 weakness was uh break baked goods that was my that's my weakness oh yeah yeah it's not good it's not good carbs 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 are you um so do you just speaking with all that going on in the market do you find that Netflix because I spoke to another I spoke to a director on the podcast who uh in his own right is like he's been doing this for a long time and everything he's from Argentina and he he does some he does films and now in Ottawa and he's a really cool guy he's like in his 50s and uh, I was asking about Netflix and stuff how it's a little bit more you know they're they're a little bit more uh they can stretch more than normal TV. And I'm thinking, do you think Netflix is beneficial for people of minorities to have their own voices and, and media uh, and stories to tell? Like, what do you think on that? What do you mean by stretch? Like more, like they, like they, they can, they're more, um, they're more, uh, they take more risks, I think, uh, with like, especially with, budgeting and storytelling like it's like 
like you know like, they're more inclusive yeah like, like the diversity. way yeah with diversity and just stories too like like whoa you can have this story in this like you know they you won't see that in normal cable tv right you see it on hbo and 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 amc or something but netflix too has their own stuff um do you think that they will do you think netflix is the way to go like do you think that would be a place to to kind of get into well the thing is i don't think there's like we have a choice of what we audition for right like mm-hmm. like you all you definitely have a choice to audition or not but like the stuff that comes like the breakdowns you know for me it's like okay if there's a good show it's a good show regardless if it's netflix or not you know, uh, uh, like for us, like a step patch to the audition, I'm like, yo, that this might be something good um, because they usually, you know, with what the the direction they they they've been heading, um, they've been filming they've been filming a lot of uh, new interesting, like different stories. It's not the typical, yeah, you know, not the typical stories you you were were growing sick of. You know, like you would see. Man, there's just so many shows. I don't know which one's which one's well, reference, but there's yeah. yeah, there was a uh, there was like this show that came on that has character like brown people in it and everything. It's it's really good. I guess it's more it's more diverse. Um, well, but, even South, like South Asian, like or not even South Asian, just Asian show like uh, Master of None. Like, oh, would Master you have seen something good. like? Yeah. Yeah, I love Master of None. You know, it's so different, right? From a yeah. new perspective, you know? And it's like different types of people get to tell their stories. And, and it's refreshing for me, at least, too. Yeah, it is. It, that's And that's, I think Netflix, because Netflix is a global brand, too, right? Yeah. So, like, they even have a presence in Hong Kong. They have a presence in Taiwan, for example. Like, my, I have a friend that was, that was in a Netflix series in Taiwan. So, they've been... Uh, investing in series in, in projects all all across the globe in my opinion so mm-hmm. uh, you know it's even beyond netflix gig uh, a show did you did you um did you see crazy rich asians oh I definitely did yeah i have to what? man <laughs> i'm just wondering <laughs> did you audition for it too did you audition for it i did yeah i auditioned for it I, i'm not gonna say which role but no no audition for it like i'm a Wow. The, the regulations of that, but I, I should. <laughs> that's 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 crazy, bro. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so I'm so happy for I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy for you, man. Yeah. And they were doing a global search, anyways, with great uh, crazy rich, right? Yeah. So yeah, I think every Asian got to audition for that show. Wow. That's that's well. That's pretty cool to to go into that and Warner Brothers and everything. That must have been really nice. Were you? Oh, like, I didn't go Warner Brothers. I meant like self tape for it. Like I didn't. Yeah, self. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't do like. Uh, I think you're thinking of a, a screening, not a screening. Uh, um, a test. A test. Yeah, a test. Uh, I wish I could have found that test. <laughs> hey, you would have been really cool. I would have been like, hey, I know this guy. <laughs> this guy. I know this guy. His name is Hubert. <laughs> like, you know, like, I've been auditioning for those types of shows, like movies, and it, it's been good, you know? Like, uh, mm-hmm. I had to work myself up to even get these auditions, right? Yeah. And uh, it's been, it's just, you got to put in the hours, the, the years, and just 
yeah, like I, I took many risks too. Like I, I, I remember flying to Vancouver just to meet my manager at the time. Like he, I totally cold emailed my manager in Vancouver, you know, on a whim. And I was like, hey, I'm on his show. Uh, I was at the time I was filming for uh, Hell on Wheels. It's an AMC show. And that was filmed in Alberta. I'm like, hey, I'm in Alberta. I can fly to Vancouver. Like, let's meet up, you know, something like that. Like, in a more formal way, of course. But that's how I approached my manager. And he's like, yeah, if you're willing to fly here, let's meet up. And then I flew there on my own dime and met him. Met him and he liked me and signed me. And uh, that's how I got, uh, I started getting more auditions, like, for bigger films as well, you know. Yeah. And, you and gotta, TV shows. Yeah, you got to put in the, the effort and time and stuff yeah you're you're absolutely right and i think i like that initiative that you made you made that initiative just to go and fly and do that and meet meet the person that's something that something i would probably do too as well um yeah like you treat like an investment right like mm -hmm. even when i go like dude i've been flying i'm not trying to sound you know like i'm like oh i like to fly like i don't want to try to like sound like yeah, well, you gotta. Know, like, but yeah, <laughs> I always just had to do what I had to do to get to get jobs, you know. Of course. And in my case, if that's yeah, that's what the cards. That's you know, that's the cards I've been dealt. Like I had to do that, you know, to like I, I didn't score any big gigs that were people where people would come and try to find me. Like I had to go and find it myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can't just sit around and do nothing. Um, you gotta do something. You gotta. You gotta go up. Sometimes you gotta go to China to go to a kung fu camp, right? So, yeah. that's that's. <laughs> so then, yeah, so I went to the kung fu camp, and that was like a springboard because I knew I was gonna go to Beijing eventually. So I was like, let's just try this kung fu camp, mm -hmm. and then uh, since I'm already in China, let's just stay there and see what happens. And you know, I was ready to like even teach English, but then I just got like like I was even offered a job to teach English in, in China. And then I got the gig for the movie and I was like, oh, I guess that's not going to work out with the teaching position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, I had no clue. I you had no clue. You just, like, you just kept going. Like, that's the thing. You're just somebody who just, you just, you just keep moving, keep, you know, looking. And that's, that is the main thing. That is what I think uh, can make someone successful. And what you said in the, in the beginning where you're like, it's like a marathon, just keep on going. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally agree with you with this business. If definitely a marathon. Work, you put in the work and you just stick with it. Eventually, you're going to hit something. I'm not saying you're going to be like a superstar, but like there's something for you, be it like something that came your way or something that you created. Because like we can't just wait on an audition, right? Like we have to create our own stories too, right? Exactly, exactly. And I am like, I am writing, like I've been writing more than I've been doing a lot of things so you know writing is probably something that i would like to do and hopefully that comes into into light and becomes a reality but you know we'll see um get on that man because like that i'm i'm working on that too like we got we have all the, we have all the time in the world now especially now right yeah exactly and it's like I'm trying to do, like i'm trying to work on some shows like uh, pitch some shows or uh, like I can't really say what it is for no, right no, now. No, don't, don't say it. <laughs> uh, but I 
I'll definitely tell you when it's dealt with that. Of course. Yeah. I sent you an invitation to a Facebook group thing called Subtle Asian Traits. Have you heard of it? Subtle Asian Traits? Did you send me that? Yeah. No, honestly, I don't really pay attention to any invites on Facebook. Like, okay. I only log on once in a while, make my occasional post, and then I leave. Like, I don't... <laughs> I find it very interesting and funny because it's like it's a group where a bunch of I, yeah a lot of majority Asians are there talking about like political commentary and the culture in a funny way. Some of it has been very serious too. Just like recently, yeah, yeah. I'm in the group. I'm, oh, so I'm not sure of you, but yeah. okay, so you're in it, so you know what it is. So yeah, I just. I find it very interesting to hear other cultures' perspective and what they go through and how. Is that would... the picture or that video you sent me with the, all the aging actors from, from China? Yeah, I think I think that came from from there. Um, Do you know the yeah, actors? Think... Be honest. Do you know, know all the actors? I don't know all of them, but I know I know like I've seen them a lot. Like the thing is, you'd be surprised. I've seen a lot of old Chinese movies when I was younger. So I yeah. may not know them I'm like I'm not trying to test you, but I'm just I'm legitimately interested like which films that you I I uh let me just let me I have to go back and to see this thing because they're they're um yeah like Chao Yong Fai, I remember him, I know Jackie Chan, I know um Samo Han, um who else? Yeah. Andy Lau, obviously I know Andy Lau from a lot of things, but I remember him. I should but th- there's something about that I need to see more of him though because there's so many movies I know I know people speak really hot. Have you watched The Departed? Yeah, I know, I saw I know the, the I've seen The Departed. I know there are two, right? The Internal Affairs are the two. Infernal. It's Infernal. Affairs, Sorry, yeah, not, like, Infernal, Infernal, yeah. Great carbon copy, like almost word for word, almost scene for scene. But the same thing is, it was so much. It was way more poetic with the way Infernal Affairs did it. Did it because they had themes of like, they had Buddhist themes because it would always go back to karma. But I just, I just felt the way they wove, like they, they, they weave that into the, the, the storyline was just, it was great because, because for me, The Departed was just, I might get flack for this, but like, it was just everyone just saying fuck every five seconds. You know, like I, I, it, was, it wasn't interesting to me, the movie, so. I definitely well, think if you see something that's original, then you're gonna definitely like. I'd rather I'll, 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 I'll mm-hmm. way more like, uh, credit than it deserved. You know. Yeah. There's yeah, dude. There's a lot of actors that I've seen in the film that I sent you that I know. Like a lot of them worked with um, uh, Jet. Like, see, the thing is, I don't know their names because mm-hmm. like there's a the one guy from Rush Hour, like the bad guy from Rush Hour. Um, there's another well, guy who likes to use like uh, his own stunt team, right? So he always has the same guys. So you might see like the same faces. Yeah, movies. yeah, because there's They're usually people... like the villain. Yeah, there's um, the guy who did the the bad guy in Rush Hour One, like the first one. He was like, I thought he was a really good actor. I could tell that he was. Yeah, like... The thing is, he doesn't. He's not. He doesn't speak that much Chinese, from what I remember. Like, yeah, he played Jun Tao. He's a lost. <laughs> There was, he's, there was a, where is it? There was a guy that looked very familiar. See, it's in, it's in, uh, it's in Mandarin, so I can't really 
their names in English. It's all so. good. I'm just, I'm, I just like to talk about. No, no, no. I, I want to talk about. I want to. Who see? Maybe we can just go. You can find out now on the internet. But who is that? Yeah, it might be a while before we find it. We don't. We don't. We're not like Joe Rogan. We don't have Jesse. Yeah, we don't have. We don't have all these things here. But yeah, there's a lot of act. <laughs> there's a lot of actors. So I, I um. Like I remember grabbing a book in the library about Jackie Chan's biography, and I was reading all about that and his, and how his parents didn't really have money, and they brought him to like Peking Opera and, and you know and everything, and his his personal tell on like how disciplined it was, like putting the plates on on his body parts, and if the plate fell down, like from his elbow, he, has, like, he a get hole in his skull or something. Yeah, like he would. Yeah, well, he has a hole in his skull because he fell from a movie and. Oh my God! What Armor body. Yeah. yeah. Was it? I think, I think. Yeah, he fell from from a tree and he landed, hit his head, and blood started pouring from his ears. So. Yeah, I remember seeing. Like, I remember seeing Rumble in the Bronx for the first time. I was like so amazed when he jumped from that building onto a balcony or something like that. I was like, what? <laughs> and I remember my telling my dad like, I want to be like him. I want to be like Jackie Chan. And then he enrolled me into kung fu classes. Like I did, I did take kung fu when I was younger for like two, three years. Wow. So to answer your question, back at Humber, yeah, I, I know a bit of kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My first, my first take on Jackie Chan was I think it was uh, either Rumble the Bronx or Police Story, Jack Jackie's first strike. It was like the American version or something. And he, when he jumped, when he fell from the helicopter, like there was like a bazooka a missile getting hit. It's gonna like the it was going towards the helicopter and he just dropped uh, to the cold water and i was like oh my god that is crazy and the ladder like him fighting with a ladder i thought that was i don't think we'll ever come across an actor like him no ever his his work ethic was like it's like be it's crazy like you we see dwayne, jo- oh, dwayne johnson and and kevin hart but like man the work ethic for jackie chan oh my god yo he he works hard but not only that but like it's just back then like what hong kong was known for was they were known for pumping up films cheap and fast right so they didn't have time for safety protocols yeah so he would just like okay i gotta jump from this building okay let's fucking jump and then he'll just have a bunch of cardboard boxes to break his fall, which wouldn't really break much of a fall, you know? But no. that's and just what they did, you know? That was, that was also how they got paid, too. It's like, if you do the stunt, you get paid. So, like, and I think, I remember reading his book, he did some crazy stunt uh, in Hong Kong when he was very young, and they're like, oh, you can't do that. And he did it, and they're like, they congratulated him and everything. He was like the crazy guy. Like he was. Yeah, I think like, nobody wanted to do it, right? Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll do it." <laughs> Jeez. Yo, he was nimble though. Like the the, the Peking Opera School, they make you like really like nimble and very like stretchy because you could like bounce every. You can bounce any part of your body. Like it's like the way he was moving as a young person at that time. I was like, "Yo, this guy's like, freak. This guy's made out of rubber." Like the way he's like just boom, like just. It's just like nothing. Um, oh my yeah, god! Legit. Yeah. They, because uh, I remember, was it? He's still uh, working. He's still, he's still working. working. Yeah. Yeah. He's not doing many stunts anymore because he's older now. I know. He said he felt sad. I remember. I remember him talking about it, like reading about it. He started crying or something. Then he realized that like, he's getting old. 
Yeah. It's sad. all of us. That makes sense though, as a stunt person. Like if that was your main life, like that's just what you did for your whole entire life and then you're getting older, like of course you're gonna be like that's gonna be super emotional, right? So uh, yeah. Yeah. Um that was his identity, yeah. So oh my god. What are you uh how like how's Hong Kong's uh COVID stuff? Is that pretty okay there? Are they are you guys it was great. Like we had no cases up until recently now. Hong Kong's been hit by a third wave. Oh, third so wave? Yeah, so, like, you we were, like, we just opened back up in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. like, last month. And I, I was even playing basketball with friends, like, full contact, you know, not wearing a mask. But then there was a little cluster at some elderly home, and they couldn't find the source. And then it just started spreading from there. So every day... Like it went from zero cases daily to like the that one cluster was like what 15 or something 19 and then like daily it would be like 20 30 and this today was 50 and in a city like hong kong which is so densely packed it travels fast so what they did is they they kind of scaled back on the on the on the opening so at first, like a few days ago, it was like, you can only keep up, you can only have like groups of up to eight people, you know, mm-hmm. to keep that up. And um, what was it? But now it's now just, they just recently, uh, they just announced it today, like a few hours ago, that um, you can only have groups of up to four and you're not allowed to eat out after 6 p.m. Oh, okay. Jeez. So we've got to just order, order delivery now because it's like really bad right now. They yeah. just do delivery, yeah. So like work right, now. yeah. So you guys are, oh my goodness. Yeah, so like, it's like when that comes in, that's gonna come into effect the day after. So I'm just gonna, I've been taking boxing classes, right? Uh, Muay Thai actually, uh, Thai boxing. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna do my final class tomorrow and just get it over with because they're they're not allowed to be open after that. So. So that so that will be your last class. Yeah, yeah, for a while. For a while, jeez. Do you have like a space where you can do training in your house? Yeah, yeah. But like, uh, I remember when I first got here, it was back in March or something like that. And they got hit by a second wave. And um, people were trying to stay indoors as well. And like, you know, what I would do is I just jog at the park uh, when there weren't that many people. And I'll just work out on the bars, like the, the pull-up bars. I'll just do what I can to try to stay in shape because it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard in this uh in this times of corona so damn yeah i need to stay in shape too i'm glad that like i find that very inspiring to see you like going and doing all these different uh exercises like i find that doing like an activity like boxing or something is such a good way to train or like to exercise because just doing push-ups or doing like doing sports is like the best way because you're having fun and you're not even like thinking about working out you're just just you know you're just doing it um well so i was I, like, big, I was heavily into basketball for the longest time but my body is it's not <laughs> as nimble as it used to and then, like uh, i think in the past like back in november i got this gig for an mma film in china it was like gonna be a co-production between china and japan mm-hmm. and so they put us into training so i would train 
perhaps like eight hours a day again. But, you know, going back to that Kung Fu camp, like I did it before, I can do it again. So I did it again, actually. And I would have to train in boxing this time, not, not Thai boxing, but just regular boxing. Mm-hmm. And I would be training like eight hours a day. And then I'll do like, I'll work, I'll work out in that time as well. So like, let's say we train like four, like five hours a day. Like I would be training, I'll be training on my own for the additional three hours. Like I'll hit the gym and then I'll just train on my own every day. And this, we were doing this for like months. And then when COVID hit, the film was, you know, delayed, like was, had to stop, right? Like we were supposed to be filming right now in Myanmar, in Burma, Myanmar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, we we would have been done filming by now, but uh, yeah. So that didn't happen because of COVID. But I I kept up with the training. So because I I developed this interest for fighting and, and I didn't realize how much I loved fighting because, you know, I was used to Kung Fu but you never really got to spar, you know? And, and with like Muay Thai, like it's just, just the feeling of hitting pads, hitting the sandbag, it, it, it's a great feeling, especially if you want to like relieve some stress, you know? And like, I, I, I'm tired, like I'm exhausted after every class, but I feel great. And, and it's just a, another sense of confidence that I gained from it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's not like I, I'm going outside looking for a fight, but like, it gives me this confidence to speak my mind now instead of being afraid of confrontation. I'm not asking for confrontation, but it's like, yeah, that, that quiet confidence I gained from, from fighting and knowing that I can take care of myself. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, that's really good. Did you like now that you've been training for so long, like you, you're always like physically active. Like are you a little bit more, like how's your mental state now it's just like you can deal with more stress in your life with just doing all this stuff like how do you feel well i took up meditating uh within like the last couple years and that's really helped me Mm -hmm. uh i don't know like it it works differently for everyone but for me it it has given me a different perspective as well like i've been more uh, present i've been more appreciative of the things i currently have right yeah, I haven't been doing it as much lately, in, in like last month too, because mm-hmm. just I don't know. I, mean, I like you know I'm human too. I, I'm getting like COVID nineteen is really like stressing me out. Yeah, like that's it's, your, really, it's stressing you out. Like how? How? What do you mean by stressing out? Is it like you're talking about like just being indoors, or just like the whole? anxiety of it like just getting it or something or getting people like people getting sick yeah it's like you know the whole anxiety of like what's going to happen in the future like i don't know what's going to happen you know yeah i don't know i'm sure a lot of us don't know what's going to happen but you know the best we can do is just take it one day at a time and just figure it out from there but you know definitely the original plans are not going to work out (laughs) we're going to have to adjust you have to adjust and that's going to be impactful to your work too as well right like that's something that could be kind of stressing too a little bit as well yeah like if you like it feels like you know i made some strides in the past couple of years and then i gotta start over again in a, in a way in a sense yeah okay now that makes yeah i can see why that can be very just yeah okay that makes sense to me too as well there's so many things that are like 
you know um impacting people's lives like livelihood especially people in the in this film industry like it's gonna be really weird and tough and i i i'm gonna have to pray that it's gonna be okay um yeah is your family okay yeah thank god like yeah. uh, my, my mom was actually on her own for a while and I was getting kind of scared because like, you know, the, there was like a bunch of anti-Asian sentiment going on back Where? in North America. And my oh, okay. mom's okay. kind of young. She's, so I was getting worried. And so my sister <gasps> would drop in yeah. to, to check in on her once in a while. My dad was actually in Vietnam at the time. Like he left for Vietnam in January, but then he got stuck in Vietnam because oh. of COVID. Because like, flights going back to Toronto, like there were no direct, direct flights or like mm-hmm. connecting flights. Yeah, mm-hmm. connecting flights because he would have to stop in either like Taiwan, Hong Kong or, or, or Korea but like there were no uh, layovers going on at the time so he was stuck there he was supposed to return to Toronto back in March but he ended up returning just like last month yeah mm-hmm. so he recently got back so now now he's with my mom so yeah now she's not on her own mm. yeah so I feel better now knowing that that she's she's there, that he's there with her. Okay, that's good. Thank God. There is a lot of st- stupid hate coming from all of this, and I and I I, you know, obviously that's like just stupid human behavior, right? That usually happens when people don't understand certain things. So stupid. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, that wear she- a mask. Wear yeah, a mask. Yeah, wear a damn mask, man. Like people here in North America, it's like, like Asia is just like, oh, okay, yeah, I know what I'm like. It's not a big deal. Like wearing a mask in Asia is like tying your shoe, you know. Like yeah, like honestly, if you were like, I would say ninety-five percent of the population wears a mask here. You're you actually stand out if you don't wear a mask, and it's kind of people frown on that. You you're kind of treated like an asshole. Like they look at you like an asshole if you don't wear a mask. Because it's like a, it's a form of courtesy. Like, I don't yeah. know if I'm sick. Right? So I'm going to wear a mask for your benefit and mine. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not infringing on my liberties, you know? Like, yeah, I don't know I if you've seen that in Florida and they're like, God made this breathing mechanism for us. You know, it shouldn't be blocked or something like that. I spoke to somebody like, from Florida. Yeah, that was yeah, crazy. It's just a fucking mask. Yeah. Like, if, if a doctor can wear a mask and be fine for like the whole day, why can't you? Know, yeah for yeah. like yeah. oh my god america is just <laughs> right now it doesn't look great isn't it mandatory in canada now yeah well yeah i i believe it is i know for sure in ontario it's, it's mandatory to have masks in public public places like outside it's not like you don't have to but when you go indoors to a public place uh, grocery stores like that like you definitely need to have a mask on it is mandatory yeah oh it's mandatory now yeah it's mandatory to wear a mask yeah yeah like uber hospitals grocery stores yeah 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 definitely that's reassuring it is are you gonna ever come back to canada to do any work or are you going to stay in asia to to dominate the the, (laughs) to dominate there instead like what are you what's your plans Uh, i kind of want to stay here for a while but um well i was close to getting a gig again i can't say but 
would have no, no, filmed no. in yeah. Edmonton months. Mm-hmm. And then COVID hit. And then COVID <laughs> so hit. I don't know like what's gonna happen when COVID's dealt with when COVID's gone or you know when we have a vaccine. I don't know if that production's gonna start back up and I don't know I don't know if they're gonna be interested in me again, but if they are, I'll I'll come back, you know. I'll, I'll definitely come back. Yeah. Do you find it it's better do you find it like it's more like the way they deal with it like dealing with actors there different than North America like the market like how how would you kind of describe that in your own way Is Well yeah uh, It's not better or worse it's just different okay. because I I feel like it's a luxury to even be on a set in North America because we have a union we have our own trailers, you know, if you, you have, a, a, you know, everyone has their own designated job, but in Asia, it's like, it's more of a team effort. So mm-hmm. the guy f- fixing the, the, the lights, the gaffer could be handling like audio, for example, like uh, they, they could, they, they wear many hats, you okay. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, uh, we don't have our own trailers. We don't have a set amount of hours. Like I, I remember my film when I was filming in Beijing. I, I would get off at I think I would film at six in the morning, get off at around two, be back for wardrobe and makeup at five a.m. So I would only get a couple of hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. I would ask them like, why is like why don't you guys like have some time for their actors to sleep? They're like, well, while they're sleeping, you could have been filming. <laughs> they oh. think it's wasting time. <laughs> yeah. But that's, they just, they're just go, go, go. You know, yeah. they want to get it done. Possible. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, I'm wondering, you know, I'm wondering if it's maybe they do like it's for the high end actors. They have all the luxury stuff, maybe like Donnie Yen and stuff. Do you think he may have his own, like, he's it's, probably treated it, differently, well, right? Mm. It's different. Yeah, like, you'll have your own assistant mm-hmm. following you around. Uh, like, I sort of had that on my films, but that was set up by my manager, right? Mm. So, uh, yeah, you kind of have that. And you might even have your own trailer, depending on who you were. Like, I'm sure Donnie Yen would have his own trailer. Yeah, that man's doing well, eh? His Edmund yeah, series, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he uh, did number four, but that's going to be his last one. But he recently got cast in some Hollywood film as some Chinese Mexican drug lord, which is going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I remember it's he. Hollywood. I remember him all the way back from Blade. He's been he's been in there. Oh, yeah. The two seconds he got on screen. Yeah. Then he got. Yeah, remember him from Shanghai Nights with Jackie Chan. He's a bad guy. That was fun. I remember him from Iron Monkey. He was oh man, Iron, yo, Iron Monkey is my favorite. One of my favorite martial arts films. So beautifully choreographed. Oh my god, like the rhythm of like the movements and everything is so good. Oh, that one scene where they had uh, where they're fighting on stilts. Oh yeah, stilts or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then like a fire burning under them or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That movie really made me go, okay, like I need to, I want to know all the different styles. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was a really good film. Yeah. I noticed that a lot like Asia, uh, like Chinese uh, film, they really um, like, uh, oh my God, Wonky Yin or Wan Fei, Wan Fei Yun. 
uh is it one fair young like the the characters in that film they're like chinese legends they're like robin hood for chinese Wong Fei Hong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. He's so he's like he's like the arm like not the arm like he's like the the monkey king. Well he was like the Ip Man back then, like yeah. Like you know how they're Ip Man hard as like, you know, this martial artist, this awesome martial artist. But back then it was Wong Fei Hong. Yeah, yeah. He was his dad was like a medicine guy. And yeah. there was like there was like legends of him fighting people on the dock with an umbrella. Or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that's I, I was like, oh, this is interesting because I do see in different like Jackie Chan played him. I think yeah, Jackie Chan played him in Drunken Master. Yeah. I think. Yeah, he did Drunken Master. Yeah. yeah. And there was the iconic music with Wong Fei Hong. It was like, uh, yeah, George yeah. Lamb. Look it up. <laughs> George Lamb is the singer of that show. Is that movie? Oh, that's a song. Sorry. George Lamb. Huh. Yeah. It's very iconic. It's the, the drums, like dun 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 dun. dun oh, George Lamb. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, that's so cool. Oh my God. So many, so many cool, so many cool iconic people that you don't really. I think that's realize. why, like, I click more in Asia too because, like, yeah. I think even my mannerisms, the way I speak, perhaps the way I I present myself, it's more for the asian market not more so for that and not not with the north american market because like the when i dress a little differently back in toronto like they're always like oh you look like you're from asia you look like and it's sort of a derogatory term like they call Mm -hmm. me a fob like i'm fresh off the boat you know like you look so fob and it's just like always how i've always it's always how i presented myself Mm -hmm. you know but uh it's funny because I'm in the middle. Like I'm either too North American when I'm in Asia, or I'm like too Asian. <laughs> when you can never have Toronto. both. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah you can never have yeah, both. That's ways. My I think that's, I'm in the middle. You're in the middle. I um, that'd be kind of cool to work in Asia. If like that'd be really cool, but I don't know what they would use me for. <laughs> like, but it'd be it'd be yeah, interesting, really? huh? If you speak language, I'm sure you you get a job. Like yeah, if I can speak Mandarin or Cantonese, yeah, or I know. Korean or Japanese, man, like because <sighs> you'd be a niche. Yeah, I'd be like, oh my god, I see like black people like speak Korean and Japanese, like because they, they they live there. I'm like, oh my god, it's so cool to like surprise people like you're walking and you started speaking to koreans to to korean students and you're like black and you're like what i i find that really cool or like even just white or whatever just not asian and you're just speaking uh their language i find it really cool to see people's reaction because that's happened to to me i've seen that in in action so it's like I would yeah, love man. to just surprise you. The people. thing is, they, you connect with them more because they're like, you made the effort to speak their language, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To learn about their culture. Yeah, I I so used to work. More, there's a respect there. I remember working at Best Buy in Toronto, uh, in Richmond Hill when I when I lived in Toronto, and it was like Can majority. I, I think it's yeah. So I think it's the one near the highway. Yeah, and uh, I used to go there. you used to go there. 
Yeah, actually, that was Future Shop before, but yeah, around that area. Like, the, I, I, it, I it was like near the Cineplex. Uh, it was near like near the Cineplex. Yeah. Like, oh yes, I know which one. Yeah, it's like near the Cineplex. I can't remember the name of the. I think like Young like, and Highway Seven or something. Like yeah, near Rio, can like the Rio. I don't. I can't remember, but it was. I remember working there. It was like majority Asian people and brown people and pretty much it and like yeah some jewish people there too but like oh man asian people there were so were so funny so cool they're so i i got so involved with them because they're just like i was talking about little movies they're like yo how do you know about these movies <laughs> like yeah, my exactly. mom watches these like, they, they in there once you like once they know that you're into that stuff they're like yo yeah. you're like the coolest guy <laughs> yeah so what's hmm? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, you, you go ahead. I want you to. No, no, no I, I lost my train of thought. So let's go. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, how, what is your next? I'm just, I want to talk to you more, actually. I want to, I want to do a video with you. Uh, once I have, like, better connection, I want to do a video with you, like, in the future. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, a small little checkup. I really want to do that. Um, um, but, like, it's, I don't know. Now it's. 12 30 a.m or something uh yeah yeah how how are you feeling we'll, we'll, we'll end this i think um because i don't want to keep you up aren't you when do you sleep dude i sleep around like 2 3 a.m every day why uh, uh, just used to it now oh, okay it's, it's, like hong kong is kind of a nighttime city too right yeah lots to do yeah so my, like, my schedule my routine is totally thrown off like i used to be the type to wake up at 6 a.m every day hit the gym first thing in the morning yeah that's out the window right now i just mm-hmm. get in the training when i can i i'm going to i have a boxing class at 11 tomorrow so oh, okay i have enough time you have enough time okay but there would there might be a big update in a month like i i just don't want to jinx it right now that's why i don't want to talk about it right now yeah let's not let's just pray for the best let's just let's just try try for the best think positive um so what are you are you um what's your next day now then what's your what are you gonna do what can you do hubert like i'm trying to stay indoors right now because Mm -hmm. of the third out uh third wave that's getting that hong kong hit with because it's getting kind of dangerous now uh because they can't they they don't know where the source is from so they there's not it's harder to control the spread Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i don't want to take any chances i want you to be i'm working on a pitch i'm working on a show uh that's about it keep my tools sharp as sharp as i could you know that's why I'm, I've continued uh, taking boxing classes and uh, just watch a bunch of shows that are movies that I would think are beneficial for me or just entertaining in general. Like you should watch, what's that? Uh, it's a Korean zombie uh, kingdom. kingdom. It's on Netflix. Watch. Kingdom is so good. Kingdom? That sounds, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Huh. It's Korean? It's Korean zombie. That's yeah, a Korean zombie series. It's on Netflix. You can find it. It's so good, man. I finished that in a couple of days. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it because you recommended. I'm gonna watch it for sure. 
Thank you. Is there anything um, else? Is there any else you want me to? Huh? If you're into zombies, that would be it. Like that would. Be yeah, it. I'm kind of into zombies. I was playing a video game called The Last of Us. It's not really a zombie, but. No, I love that game. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. You have a PS4? I do, but it's stuck in Beijing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, you probably want that now, don't you? Right? No, 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 no. I want it now because of number two, Last of Us Two. I've been dying to play it. Oh, okay. But, like, yeah. I, have, I can't even enter Toronto right now, so because oh, they don't allow foreigners any foreigners in. Yeah. I, you know, I'm holding a Canadian passport, so uh, so I got a friend to just clean up my stuff, like pack all my stuff, and just move out of the apartment. Like I had to cancel rent. I got to cancel the the contract for my sure. my place in Beijing. Wow. Because I haven't been back since January. So I was just paying rent for an empty apartment. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Damn. Wow. You are in like, you were in the middle of it all. Eh? You, your life is never dull. It's like going, doing all these amazing things. And then you're in like, you're in Hong Kong and the pandemic is there and you're trying to survive. You're trying to keep yourself busy, and you're talking to me on this podcast. <laughs> and yeah, wow, oh, but it's not easy too. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's stressful. Of course, it's stressful. Man. But you know, one day at a time. And one day at a time. I, I control. I, I try to control what I can. You know, mm-hmm. I can't control the things that happen to me, but like how I react to it is what I, is what I can control, right? So. It's just like I just constantly try to find a way to adapt and just go from there. Yeah, that's true. You're very adaptable, I think. I think you're quite adaptable. I feel like you should, yeah, you're never, I don't, I would like keep doing what you're doing, man. Please just keep doing it. You probably know it already, but I'm telling you straight up, please keep doing what you're doing. It it is inspiring. you know, I, I love talking to you. I love seeing you on social media whenever you do post things. Um, I really want to see you. I, I like one day uh, we'll have to meet up when like, you know, in the future when things are cool. Um, because I was going to see you in Toronto, but that didn't happen. Um, yes. Yeah. But I definitely, we need to hang out. We need to. I need to go to Asia, maybe. Maybe that might be the place for me to go. Yeah, when COVID is, is over, uh, yeah. pay me a visit and I'll show you around. Yeah, show me around, man. Show me some really cool places to eat because, you know, I love to eat. Um, oh, yeah. It's funny, when I was at Humber, like, some of the, uh, this one, do you remember Jonathan? Jonathan. Jonathan. A little thicker. Yeah, 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 him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'd be like, yeah, I know the best Chinese food. I'm like, <laughs> enlighten me, enlighten me. Good Chinese food. Like, uh, they have like the best and lemon chicken, orange chicken. I'm like, dude, you know they make that shit for you, right? That's not what we eat. Exactly. It's the t- it's the t- yeah. Enlighten me. What's good? Chinese. I am yeah. so sorry, man. I didn't. I am so sorry that you were dealing with all this. And I didn't like, and I contributed to a little bit with asking, "Do you know kung fu?" I can't believe no, I no, said that. I I can't believe I asked like, that. Footnote: Like it, for you, it's just that one time, but then afterwards, it, it's fine. Like I didn't. I didn't <sighs> know, 
I said stupid. Like, I said stupid shit a lot. Well, it's just like everything that happened after during the program, right? During the program, it was just, you know, I remember a specific teacher. I'm not going to name names, <laughs> but she always had, she always mixed up the two black students, Jane and Stephanie. Oh. And do you remember Stephanie? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. She was a light skinned girl, mm-hmm. and Jane mm-hmm. is dark skin, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like a little bigger than Jane. You know, Jane's really thin. There's no way you can mix them up, but somehow <laughs> she always mixed them up. The teacher and she and specifically said, "Oh, I apologize. I learned in categories." I'm like, "Bitch, what category are you talking about?" You know, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what. What does she mean by categories? The hell that doesn't make any sense. And then like, she would make us be like, "Speak in your authentic voice." I'm and your authentic and, voice. And Jane had to like this for sh- like she was like I remember she was giving Jane shit. It's like um yeah I I just don't think that's your real voice. And, and then Jane just for shits and giggles. I I hope Jane will allow me to tell the story. <laughs> I didn't ask her to. I didn't oh. ask her yet, but I'm yeah. gonna say it. I uh, I apologize in advance if you didn't want me to say it, Jane. In case you're listening. But I remember she was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do some random, like, accent, you know? Like, she did some, like, random, I don't know what accent, like, uh, like an African accent. And, and then she was like, the teacher was like, that's the voice. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, are you ah. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> oh, man. That's, that... like that's a big difference. Like, when I was in North America... In Asia, in North America, I'm always trying to justify my existence. You know, why do I speak like this? Why am I like this? I remember like another student in uh, at, at Humber was like, I've never met another Asian uh, that was so tall. And it was like, they, I didn't know they could be good looking. Like, are you fucking kidding me? They said this to me, mm. you know, or like another person was like, don't take this the wrong way. And like, whenever someone says that, you know, it's something <laughs> racist coming your way, you know, like, like, you know, I'm, I don't want to be racist, but like, I just, you're pretty good looking for an Asian. I'm like, what does that, what is that supposed to mean? That's messed up. Yeah, it's messed up, right? Like, but this is the shit I heard every day. Like another student gave me his fucking computer. He's like, can you fix this? Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I, oh, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. Ah. Oh. Yeah, that's when I knew I was really Asian. Like, 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 not really Asian. Like, that's when I knew I was Asian. Like, like, I st- stuck out like a sore thumb. Like, teachers thought I was sleeping in class. Oh wow! I and see. I had my eyes wide open. They were like, "Hubert, wake up!" I'm like, "What are you talking about? I've been <laughs> Hubert, wake up!" Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Do you? I'm not looking at them literally, but I'm just like looking at them. Like, I've been paying attention. Yeah, oh so I, sometimes I feel like as an Asian, I, don't, I can't speak for your experiences, but for me, I felt like, like, like an alien to these people. Like they've never seen an Asian person before, you know? Yeah, it's weird because it's Toronto. Yeah, well, the thing is, we just like Humber was on the outskirts of that, you know, it was in in Etobicoke, right? Yeah, Etobicoke. It was just along the border and like Toronto is like such a diverse city. Once you leave the comforts of the city just a little bit, then it gets different. Yeah, it does. Like I I could never imagine growing up in Kingston. 
Dude, as an Asian guy. Kingston is not the place to be if you want to be diverse. Like, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful city, but it's just growing up in the early 90s, it was definitely yeah. not like... I I'm I was I'm I was lucky to have uh you know friends of different cultures where I lived in the community there um you know from South America to you know Africa east west uh you know so I, I you know I was lucky but it is definitely awkward because you people will go why are you acting white like well i'm i lived in kingston like i don't know what else i just know i just know that when i go home i eat different foods my culture is here my dad is from here my mom is from here i come from this place i'm african you know but like whatever i'm just speaking the way i'm speaking it's just not i don't know it just depends on where you live and who you hang out with in a place like that because you gotta be careful Ottawa, I feel like Ottawa is okay. Yeah. Like, I, I can only speak as an adult because, like, you know, uh, I feel like it's, 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 there's diversity here a lot, but it's, it's different sections too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's definitely, it's like middle. If people don't really, Kingston, I notice when I'm walking, people look at you, like, when you're like, they're driving they look at you that i notice that all the time every time i go back ottawa or toronto it's like nobody cares nobody it's like whatever you know yeah. so that's me that's how i see it so i've been following this account on uh instagram it's called uh i love this account it's called karen's going wild oh this karen thing has been going like I don't know if it's because of like COVID and Black Lives Matter, but like a bunch of Karens, you know that term Karens now, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a new thing. Calling cops on just random black people. Yeah. And not and it's just for even being in their own neighborhood. Like I saw this one where she called the cops on this guy who parked in front of his own house and he was just in his car and then the lady was questioning whether or not he lived there. And she's like, Show me. It's like, is this your house? Prove it. And she didn't believe it. She's like, I bet you this is in your house, right? And then, like, he walked up to his door, opened it. He's like, it's my fucking house. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then she had nothing else to say. You know, like, ah, oh, it's just, I don't know, man. It's just a lot of, a lot of racists are it, coming out of the woodwork. I don't know where the hell they're, like. It's, it's happening. like, I don't know. It's like, it's like that conscious mind. It's subconscious. Like, you know, you may not tell me, hey. I'm a racist. I'm going to tell you right up, straight up, like, you're this. But there, yeah. there's a racist where it comes out. You don't even realize it because it's been embedded in your brain for so long in society. Society has taught you this way. So whenever you feel threatened by somebody based on media, based on, you know, who you're talking to, your community, you're going to call a cop. And the cop to you is going to be that shield. But for us people of color or whoever it's not a shield it's like it's penetration towards like you know my safety so um it's not a shield it's not a shield it's just too bad it really is too bad it's a win-win situation for them they they don't lose if they call and nothing happens you know yeah i i never 
even if it's yeah I, I, you're right like where did it come from like i think they've always been there it's just now it's being maybe it's just being filmed or something probably yeah because it's it's getting crazy the amount of racist people i've been seeing on social media popping up and they know they're getting filmed they're i'm pretty sure they're aware of what what's going on in society right now mm-hmm. and they're still bold enough to just show their racist colors you know it's it's shocking for me to even see it like they're they're getting bolder or they have they've always been bold i don't i don't know but yeah there's something about it yeah you're very just up front yeah yeah and that's why i'm like do i want to go back to toronto right now no (laughs) not really you know i feel safer you say you feel safe yeah even though i don't speak the language as well as the locals i I still feel more accepted accepted here you know Mm mm-hmm I don't have to prove myself here. Like I don't have to justify my my being here. You know. Yeah. That's and true. I don't think I want to. If I have the choice, I would definitely want to live in Asia and be based here and only go back to North America for jobs if I ever have that, the luxury of that yeah. that option. Yeah, I say stay in Asia if you feel comfortable, my friend. Stay there. Yeah, feel, like I, yeah. I have. Friends here, like they, you know, like back home in Toronto, like I would get judged for like watching anime, watching, or uh, watching Korean dramas, playing video games. But here, it's like everyone does it. <laughs> you know? Who do you hang out with that's judging you such harshly? Like that is so bullshit. Why? Come on. That, that, even the, that... even up with it, it's going to that North American macho thing, like like that whole like um. Machis is that what you call it? What's the term? Machismo? Well, I, it's it's I remember wearing like fitted jeans and like, whoa, you look so gay in those jeans. I'm like, come on. And they're wearing like the baggy ass MC Hammer jeans. You know? But those guys see the same guys are wearing fitted jeans now. But it's just like <laughs> I get a different haircut and they're like ragging on me for that. And I don't know. It's just like when I I've, I'm more free to do what I want in Asia than I am than I am in North America without getting judged. And that's even getting judged from Asians as well. You know? Mm. Yeah. Wow. That sounds really I feel nice. like I feel people people like to do more of the same thing in North America than in Asia. Like everyone wears a freaking Canada goose jacket in, in Toronto, man. Oh. It's like the uniform like the <laughs> I remember that. Starbucks, yeah. Starbucks cup, pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, it's it's a trend. So there is there not trends in Asia? People do the same things, or is it just completely different? Everyone does a different thing. Every, I feel like there's just so much more of a, a variety of mm. of, of uh, style here, right? Mm-hmm. But even if you're doing something different, they don't judge you as harshly back at least from my experience they don't judge you as much as they do back in toronto no damn i uh i never yeah people do judge you here if you do something weird i just say you know what who gives a shit just do your thing as you know already yeah Yeah. i I was just getting tired like and i always had more fun in asia anyway so I, I want to be based here eventually. I'm gonna. I'll come and visit you. Definitely. I'm gonna. Hey, yeah, I'm gonna come Maybe and visit you. End you. Up... Hmm. Maybe you'll end up moving here. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. You can always teach English. Yeah, I can always teach English. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that is once very you get true. Your, once you get your, your degree, you're set. You can teach English anywhere. Yeah, yeah. That's. True. I would suggest Korea or Japan for you. Which one? Korea or Japan? Ooh, that's a hard choice. Where to go? Where to go? I feel like Korea. Would Korea be better? I don't know. That's that's a good Korea, one. Yeah. I've been there. I've, I've traveled there, and it's it's so fun. Oh, I gotta go. Gotta go and visit. Yeah. There is a there. There's a pretty famous. Uh, I'm not sure if he's a a TV host or something, but he, he's black as well. But he speaks the language. He sees fluent yeah. in Korean. I think that's he, the guy. A bunch of variety uh, TV shows in, in Korea. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Oh my god, I know. I think I've seen him on. I think I've seen him, and he's just. There's like an audience and everything. He's speaking Korean. Yeah. Yeah, he's quite famous there. I find it so cool to see people like who don't, who are not Asian speak just, you know, uh, Vietnamese or Japanese, Korean, Mandarin, you know. I find it really like cool. I've seen like Indian people in Hong Kong that speak Cantonese better than I do. It's <laughs> yeah. Yo, there's people who are like white and they speak like really awesome dialect from my like country or my region. Like it's, well, I it feels embarrassing because I'm like, I should do, I should learn more, you know? Well, I, what dialect do you speak? Oh, it's called Chui. It's from Ghana. There's different, oh, okay. there's different dialects, but the one uh, my parents speak is called Chui. It's T W I. Oh. Yeah. 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 It's Chinese is the same. Like we have a bunch of different dialects too. So my like my first language is actually a, a Chinese dialect that not many people know about. It's called D uh Tiu Chu. <laughs> is that so it, it sounds it sounds completely different than Mandarin and Cantonese. Oh like it, it, in Cantonese we would say it's Tiu Zhao, uh, but I think the official spelling for it in English would be T E O T O. Mm-hmm. And then C H E W T O C H U, did you? Which is which is what they're trying to spell. Yeah. Can you write in Cantonese Mandarin? Uh, well, yeah, we use the same characters, right? But uh, they, oh, they okay. have two forms. Okay. One's traditional, which like which has uh, a lot more strokes. Right. Tra- uh, simplified is yeah, as the name implies, it's it's a simplified version of Chinese, I but. See. The same characters, like uh, pretty much, if you can read uh, traditional, you can kind of read simplified. Simplified. It's it's similar. Yeah. It's very similar. But like I use Ying, which is like um a romanticized version. So I can type in English, like, uh, but I have to type according to the the phonics, pretty much. So like, wo, which is me, which I just type W O, wo I ni, which is I, which is like A I, which is love ni. Which is N I, so that would be you. Well, I need, yeah. So W O A I and N I, yeah. Did you? I had to learn it. Like you had to learn it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of people can speak, but a lot, a lot, not a lot of people can write. Like I find it in North America. Uh, So that's yeah. To to write the character itself, uh, uh, it's um like I can write some, but it's really bad. Like I for me, it's just like what do I need to be able to communicate with people? Okay. As long as I can type it out, 
and I can speak it, then I think that's good enough for me. Yeah. And I can read it. I can read about like 60, 70 percent. Yeah. Mm. That's pretty yeah. good, though. That's still, still really good. And yeah, because you were. Well, it's like once you throw yourself in the fire, right? Like, uh, uh, if you were to learn a, a script entirely in Chinese and you're forced to, you know, you have no other choice, mm-hmm. you're going to learn it. Yeah, and that's how I learned it. Learned the language. Like now, I can kind of speak Mandarin. It was after filming the film, like one the one the, that I did in Beijing, because mm. I was forced to learn the script, and I learned how to speak Mandarin through that. Yeah. Wow. I'm I, I I'm trying to learn French now, so like <laughs> that's gonna be that's still hard for me sometimes because I need to be on it more often. But learning yeah. Chinese, learning Mandarin, learning Cantonese, and learning the dialect. Well, that, like, I would suggest if you were to go to an Asian country, if you were to choose Korea, that would be best because I heard um, picking up the language is a lot easier as opposed to, to other Chinese. Because Korea, Koreans have this, uh, they have their own Korean alphabet. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. In Japan, so you don't you don't have to memorize like a thousand characters. Yeah. Okay, I I think we have to we're gonna get going because I don't know I we can speak for hours, but I feel like there has to be some time a uh, stoppage here, unfortunately, because uh, we'd love to edit this. You got two yeah, hours. It's two hours, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I think it's because we 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 had to do a re redo on the technical difficulties but yo it's been really good talking to you because i felt like very you know felt very smooth and everything and i guess because we know each other too as well a little bit um yeah i love talking to you yeah me too man i i gotta um, we gotta do this again though i'm I'm, i i have to make sure i have to make that happen um hubert thank you so much for taking your time to talk to me seriously 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 thank you so much for taking your time yeah and sorry for the technical difficulties <laughs> no no worries man no yeah. worries I, I get it yeah yeah i'm gonna have uh i think watney come on too oh, as well. sick. yeah she's gonna no, talk I miss about that girl. yeah she's so, so sweet we're talking about her right now she's probably gonna listen to her she's like oh my god <laughs> hey watney <laughs> yeah she's Huh? I'm so proud of her. Yeah. He's been... Yeah. I would never have guessed she would have gotten into uh, poems. Yeah. That, I, right? Yeah, I know. I can't wait to talk to her because I'm just curious to know more about her journey too as well and her inspirations and what she does and who she is. Because, you know, we all know her when she was, when we were all younger. So yeah. just curious to hear what she has to say and, uh, can't wait for that so yeah, tell her it's said hi i will i'm sure she will hear this too hopefully when if she has yeah if she does if not i'll, I'll let her know <laughs> are you just going down the list of humble students <laughs> no no i'm not i just i don't know i just i i just pick i just feel i don't know it's just something that happens i don't really know how to explain it's just if people are willing to talk and willing to share I'm I'm willing yeah. to listen and to record it and share it to other people. So yeah, well, I hope I, I didn't 
sound too self-indulgent like i feel oh like I please spoken. no 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 you gotta speak about yourself and it's at times it's very strange believe me i know i try to avoid it as much as i can <laughs> well i have um, to thank you because like i haven't spoken english like this in a long time because oh my god I'm speaking <laughs> yeah it's a breath of fresh air yeah (laughs) your english is still good though it's like it's not like like you know what i mean it's not like uh yeah sounds like you've been talking english for a while though Hmm. good job (laughs) i need to hear you speak you stutter no no i need to hear you speak more um uh mandarin maybe to practice a little bit more right yeah yeah Yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear you. Maybe next time. Next time we'll we'll have like a translator. <laughs> we'll both we'll both try to speak. Um. Yeah. All right, okay. Hubert. Uh, please sleep. Uh, get some rest, and uh, train well. And uh, I'll I'll um, I'll keep in touch. See how you're doing. Okay. Yeah. Let me know. All right. Know how are you doing? All right, brother. Peace. Bye. Bye.